Set your coordinates and lock in your location because it's time for the Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the meeting place to talk sports, pop culture, and everything in between. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. Welcome to episode three of the Sports Refuge podcast. I'm Earl Holland, your host and editor of the Sports Refuge sports blog. This is the show where we talk sports, recreation, and whatever else comes to mind. I've had the pleasure of knowing Dante Finney for more than 20 years, as he was one of the first people I met when I started at Snow Hill High School in the fall of 1997. Since that time, I've come to know that Dante has several passions, mainly an interest in martial arts, fitness, most particularly weightlifting, and his family. In this wide-ranging interview, Dante and I discuss how he became interested in the martial arts and weightlifting, how he was able to combine those passions into mixed martial fitness, which enabled him to become a personal health coach, and how it led to his eventual move to Florida from Maryland to pursue that dream. We'll also discuss his favorite workout music, ways to make fitness fun, we'll include a game of word association, and we'll get some insight into his favorite pro athletes and team. We now join this interview, recorded earlier this year, in progress. Here with me, a good friend of mine, Dante Finney, who helped found Mixed Martial Fitness and has done a lot of stuff involving health and fitness, including the Pain of the Park in Salisbury, Maryland. How are you today, Dante, down in Florida? I'm feeling great, man, but I'm actually back in Maryland, baby, so I'm in the cold with you. It was very interesting stepping outside and uh, seeing Dotson Pond halfway frozen. Starting off with your fitness background, Pain in the Park and Mixed Martial Fitness, how did that come to be? Yeah, man. Well, you know, I had a few jobs with government-funded jobs that actually got shut down. And it came to a point where I was like, man, I can start my own business and shut my own business down. So I started a business, and my real passion is martial arts. So I combined them with the weight loss, lifting weights and doing cardio, things like that, put it all together, called it Mixed Martial Fitness. Next thing you know, we had an idea. It's like, man, wouldn't it be cool if we could just contact each other and meet at different spots every week and get a good workout in outside, get outside the gym, get outside of our homes, outside of our cars, outside of the office and get some fresh air and work out together. And that spawned pain in the park. Very intimidating name for some pain in the park. But there wasn't a whole lot of pain involved. It was more like fun. It just sounds good, you know. What led you to an interest in martial arts? Oh, man. To keep it real, I'm an 80s kid, and I love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, Ninja Turtles, G.I., that was honestly my first influences. One of the first words I learned how to spell was actually ninja. Before I could spell some three- and four-letter words, I learned how to spell the five-letter word ninja. It just became an obsession with me. Japanese culture was always very interesting And I was lucky to have one of the best martial artists on the East Coast living right in the little town of Pocomo, Diane, at the time, Diane Whitehead. She's from New York, and she studied Kardu Jitsuru under John Menil. And I was blessed to just be connected with these great people and learn the great martial arts of Kardu Jitsuru. Now, how much discipline goes into martial arts, especially the different levels and different things like that? You know, just to back up a little bit, the word discipline is so scary. But just think of it as discipline or commitment. It's no different than getting up and brushing your teeth every day. You get up, you brush your teeth every day. Eventually, them things is cleaner than everybody else's. So martial arts is the same way. You just dedicate yourself a little bit. You commit. You have a little discipline. The next thing you know, 
your discipline is better than most people's because you found some kind of passion. You found something you can stick with, the karate. And it was fun because it was physical. It's to really grow with my muscles and my balance and my discipline physically, but also mentally. It helped me be able to focus longer on things like schoolwork, staying engaged in conversation, things like that because of the mental discipline I developed in karate. But at the time, as a 10-year-old, I didn't think of it as discipline. It was just fun. It was fun to meet new people. And I could tell it was measurable progress that I had. And that helped me stay committed, helped me stay dedicated. Just sort of doubling back, I know you talked about being an 80s kid. Who was your favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles character? Oh, that's an easy one. Donatello. Okay. You know, my name is Dante Donatello. And then even further that, you know, you know this, Earl, you know, I was Steve Urkel before there was Steve Urkel. <laughs> you know, I had the suspenders, the glasses, and the high top fade uh, before Steve Urkel was even found out about. So Donatello, for me, man, he was the scientist, he was the nerd, and he had the greatest name. See, I was thinking you are going to go with Leonardo. Yeah. You know, with ROTC, karate, college, things like that. I've always been a leader. But to be quite honest, I kind of like that not be the leader. I like for other people to shine. I like to do more of the technical nerdy stuff. That's my real passion. Speaking of other passions, you jumped into bodybuilding. What age did you start doing that weightlifting? And what was the big attraction to it? I had a little Napoleon complex where the little guy has to be intimidating to, to feel big. I had a little bit of that going on. And me and my best friend back in the day, we stumbled upon a magazine called Muscle and Fitness. And I was amazed. I was like, wow, how these guys get so big and they're so strong, but still fast. And Flex Wheeler was a popular bodybuilder back in the day. And he also did splits on stage. So I was like, wow, I can muscular and still have my flexibility. This is amazing. And the magazines really drew me to it. Now, I had some neighbors that had a weightlifting set up in their garage. So I got to see a lot of that as a very, very young kid. And then when I saw the magazines, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I just fell in love with the aesthetics of it all. Just it purely for looks. They look phenomenal to me. And I wanted to look the same. I was very skinny, very small. And I just wanted to have connect killer pecs like everybody else in the magazines. And it just went from there. And it turned from to do for myself to something that I like to do for other people. What's your personal best weightlifting? Ooh, that's a great question. With my squats, I've squatted 365. I've deadlifted 495. And I've bench pressed 280. And I'm just barely below right now, just by about 50 pounds on the total. So I've been able to maintain. But those are my max lifts. Does it get tougher as you get older? I know you're only 34. Does it get tougher at that age? Yes. I can't lie. My, everybody was just talking crap and being lazy. <laughs> but the honest truth is, yeah, you get older and things happen. I don't think our bodies get weaker. I don't think our joints get weaker. I think we just become more busy with life and we don't work on those things as much. So as you get older, I think you just get busier and that causes your physical shape to decline but honestly yeah it gets a little harder but not because i get weaker or anything like that it's just i've become more busy with other aspects of my life kids marriage etc 
Before I jump back into the pain of the park and Miss Martial Fitness, I had to ask, what's your favorite martial arts movie? Ooh, I got to go with Bloodsport. Um, I'm a John Claw fan to the death. I love Bruce Lee, Chuck Norris, and all that. But Bloodsport was the one. When they tied him to the palm trees with the ropes and made him do the split, and he's just hanging there by the ropes, splitting in between the trees, that was a game changer for me. I fell in love, man. So Van Damme movies all the way, and specifically Bloodsport. What's your thought on The Last Dragon? I love it, man. I don't don't know what the problems is, you know. Bruce Lee got a little into the movies type of fighting as his career went on and and a little less realistic, I guess you can say. But, hey, I'm a fan all the way through, man. Yeah, I think that's the black into the dragon in that case sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And Bruce Leroy the best. Yeah, I got to think. I don't know anybody who doesn't have the DVD or something. Can't beat show enough. (laughs) Yeah, that was such a pop culture mark that even Buster Rhymes used it in Dangerous. That's true. That's right. He did the whole get up, didn't he? The glasses and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Jumping back into mixed martial fitness, starting out as a business, what were some of the growing pains that you had? Trust of people. And it's not that they didn't trust me. It was more or less they didn't trust the method. Throughout the 90s, with the introduction of things like the Atkins diet, Jenny Craig, all these different things that people tried and failed because the systems were hard to follow. And there was a lot of misinformation in the 90s. And that's nothing against the companies in the 90s. The science just wasn't far enough yet. So these people had tried so many different things and it all failed and they were very reluctant to trust something new, another system. They're just like, it's just another fad. So the trust of people was really tough to get people to commit, but I found a secret to keep them going. Especially this time of year, everybody starts making the resolutions to hit the gym, lose weight. How do you just try to help someone keep that going and not just sort of fall back into old habits? Mm Mm-hmm. The number one thing to to have accountability and motivation is to have fun. Have fun. If you're not having fun, if it's something you feel like you're made to do, you're just not going to follow it. Now, I've met plenty of people who actually do not like working out at all, but still work out every day because of results. So fun factor isn't there and that's not going to drive you. Then you have people results and results go way beyond pounds and inches. There's people that can't take things off the top of their refrigerator. And I've helped them develop the flexibility and the strength to just be able to get something off the top of the refrigerator. That's progress. You know, do you find yourself parking at the closest parking spot to the grocery store because you don't want to take a walk? When they start feeling more confident, they can park a little further from the store and they can take that walk into the store without aching. That's progress. The stairs without running out of breath. When they can do that, That's progress. And those things keep them involved, keep them engaged through time. Do you feel that technology has either helped more or hindered with weight loss and activity? Mm, That's a tough one because I ultimately feel technology has helped us because we can monitor what we're doing more to get better results and do blood tests to see what kind of nutrition plan we should be on. So technology has definitely helped things as far as the health and fitness industry. But what's happened is it's made the rest of our lives so easy and we have to do so much less with the rest of our lives that our daily lives involve very little activity. You know, you don't have to get up out of your chair for anything. You don't even have to walk around the mall anymore because of Amazon. 
So those daily tasks, we're having to chase deer and buffalo on foot, an arrow at them and don't even have to chase them down. So now we can just go to the grocery store. Now you don't even have to walk to the grocery store. You can get your groceries delivered to your house. So that's affecting our health and fitness because our daily lives have become very inactive. So there's a double edge to that. It's helped our actual workouts improve, but it's made our daily lives slow down a lot. When it comes to foods, is it what you eat or how much you eat? Or is it a combination of both? A combination of both. Now, I will say there's a lot of studies that are legit. We got Dr. Lane out there showing you that you can eat Dairy Queen and McDonald's and still lose weight. Okay, this is true. But they're missing the key concept of phytonutrients and the things that are inside of plants. Discovered yet that we eat that help us fight off cancer and sickness that we haven't even discovered yet. So when you start eating purely man-made foods, I, I like to call McDonald's, you know, that's test tube food literally made in a lab when you start eating those things you start neglecting the nutrition and the natural aspects of nature that we survived on for thousands of years and you just take that out the diet it's going to affect you so how much you eat is number one i will say of your food matters you know you want to find out eat a salad for lunch and see how you feel at two or three o'clock and then go eat burger king for lunch and see how you feel at two or three o'clock you're going to feel a lot more tired off that Burger King. I guarantee it. What is your favorite cheat food? Mm, that bounces around a little bit. I won't go what currently the current food is. Could I give you my all-time cheat? No cold cut. Because I'm not a sweets guy. I never was. But give me some salt and some processed meat. And I'm a happy camper, man. I, I, you know, I know that processed meat ain't good for you, but it's good, though. It's real good. So give me a good cold cut, and I'm happy, man. Just throw some oil on that thing. Yes, sir. What is the best sub that you ever have since you've got on the subject of cold cuts? You know, I done had a lot of subs. Every big, thick ones in Jersey. You know, the little healthy ones in Florida. But nothing beats a cold cut from Pocomo City. You know, the deli inside the karate school, man. That's the best. You know, I, I just like me a good... Cold cut, nice and greasy with the oil dripping everywhere, man, right here in the little towns. The little delis are the best. Don't go big time. Don't go, you know, I ain't going to mention no names, but don't go to the big chains. Find you a nice mom and pop spot. Mayo or no mayo? Oh, yeah, I need some mayo. I don't need my bread dry. You know what I'm saying? I, I mentioned oil, but I need a little mayo. They got to moisten that thing up. I always said that you have to have sandwich lubrication, and it also depends on the sandwich. If I'm going turkey, I'm going mustard. If I'm going ham, I'm going yeah. mayonnaise. There you go. I'm a big mustard fan, but not from a cold cut. Actually, now on that subject, mayonnaise or Miracle Whip? I'll go either way. There was years where we only did Miracle Whip. But if you put mayo on my sub, I ain't going to be mad at you. <laughs> I don't want to say it's a cultural thing because I know plenty of people who eat Miracle Whip. I know plenty of people who eat mayonnaise, and I know a lot of people who don't like mayonnaise, which is is shock. Just without going too deep, just the whole undercover brother thing about mayonnaise. <laughs> right. I guess that's a personal preference. I guess you're striking out either way you go. To be honest with you, but hey, to each his own. I tried to at least feel guilt-free by doing the ones with the olive oil and the omega acids just to at least feel like the impression that, <laughs> hey, I'm trying yeah. to eat health even though yeah. it's mayo. Right, right. And them little additives they put in it is so minimal, but it make you feel good. At least it make you feel like you did something right. Oh, yeah. 
I actually want to do a little bit of word association. I know it's sort of all around here, but there is no set format. If I give you a name, just give me your thoughts and something that comes to mind. First thing that popped in my head, Jack LaLanne. Ooh, Jack LaLanne. Legend and how it should be done. Old school, get your workouts in and just monitor your nutrition. There was nothing fancy going on. It was just good old monitor what you're doing every day and do it. And the funny thing is when you mentioned McDonald's and Test Tupu, one of the first things I used to watch his shows in the morning on ESPN Classic, and he would talk about anything made by man is not good. Also, he went full extent. He was a vegetarian and things like that, didn't eat, mm-hmm. eat sugar. And I'm like, uh, I got to get some meat in, but at least I'll follow most of the gymnastics that he preached. Yeah, no doubt. The big vegan phenomenon that's going on right now is actually a good thing because we ignored our veggies and our nature-made foods for way too long. But at the same time, at a DNA level, some of us need meat. And at a genetic level, you need meat. It's proven. There's a lot of people who have gone vegan and have developed all kinds of diseases. So we don't need to get into that. You can look it up. And then you have some people who's gone vegan diseases went away i had a conversation just the other night you can think of it like this and i love how we're jumping around topics this is awesome think of our ancestors some of our ancestors lived in cold climates with limited vegetation but lots of meat some of our ancestors live in the plains and hot areas where there was plenty of vegetation and limited meat the human body goes both ways you gotta do what's best for you richard simmons <laughs> Hyper, hyper. There's so many things you could say about that guy, but I'm going to keep it to this. The energy, baby. Got to love that. Who stopped and just watched that man move for five minutes? We've all just watched one of them videos for at least five minutes. Like, this dude is, I want his energy. Maybe not his hair and definitely not them tights that he's wearing, but I'll take that energy, though. I always think Nutty Professor in the Lance Perkins character, and it, it's such oh, a dead-on right. impression of Richard Simmons. I can't think of Richard Simmons without thinking of Nutty Professor. Look, Nutty Professor got skinny and lost his mind, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Jane Fonda. Ooh, Jane Fonda. The first thing popped in my mind was glute raises. You know, when you're down on your hands and knees and you push your foot up to the ceiling and squeeze the glutes? Yeah, man, that's that Jane Fonda right there. Another legend. Denise Austin. Ooh. A little more updated version once again. Somebody that really encouraged the female population to not be afraid to tone up and be strong. That was one of the shows that I'd get up early waiting for the repeat of last night's Sports Center. 5.30, it was up close, and then Denise Austin, and then it was Sports Center. We always talked about this. Kiana's Flex Appeal. Loved it. That's the first thing I thought of. As soon as you start talking about ESPN, now, I ain't gonna lie. Look, guys, I was in my living room working out with Kiana, like, every day. I love them routines. Sometimes they would even do a dance routine, not just a workout. I did them too. I did all that. I loved it. In my room by myself, getting it. Did you ever watch Mickey Mouse Size? Yes, I did. That's a good one. That was cool. They need to bring that back. I was like, man, maybe I might be the only person actually getting up in the morning watching that right before Dumbo Circus and all that other stuff. Shoot, that's cool. Tony Little, because the gazelle popped into my head. I can't lie. When I think of Tony Little, I think about the money. That guy, he took fitness and that little, I forgot what that machine was called now, but uh, he took his fitness and he made it lucrative. He kind of paved the way for us to make money off of personal training, to be honest. What about Billy Blanks? 
Ooh, that's a legend right there. I was fortunate enough to see Billy Blanks about two months ago at a fitness expo down in Florida in Fort Lauderdale. Wow. That guy, he made it very possible to me. Ty Bo was the first mixed martial fitness, right? And combining the, the martial arts with the fitness aspect and then getting people excited about it. Hey, that was the first mixed martial fitness right there. So I owe that guy a lot. You bringing back some good ones, man. I'll just throw this out. Lex Luger. Lex Luger. That was the guy that made me learn how to make my pecs jump in fifth grade. Oh, yeah. As soon as I had enough muscle control to make my pecs jump like Luger, I was all over that, baby. And he was also my first example of steroids. (laughs) Terry Crews. Beyond the health and fitness, I go to him straight for entertainment purposes. He looked good, don't get me wrong, but I go to him straight for entertainment, man. That guy is funny as I don't know what. After watching the My Wife and Kids episode about the Euro stuff, I was about to ask you, is that stuff legit or is it even a real thing? Oh, I didn't see that one, man. What was that about? He had Damon Wayans doing a Euro cycle, all this other stuff. It was just ridiculous. I had to send oh, you a clip. I saw the clip on that dude. Man, that was all acting crazy, man. He was just being crazy. Yeah, that was a good one. That makes me think of all the fun you can have when you are fit. Like, you can do a bunch of random crazy stuff when you're fit and make, like, your daily life more fun because you can be so active and entertaining. Yeah, that is definitely a great point. He seems like he is one of the happiest people in the world. Just the look on his face and the fact mm-hmm. that he came from a football background and things like that and came into acting. Mm-hmm. So few people can actually do that. Crossover. The Rock. <sighs> Man, I guess he made it sexy. He made it sexy. Like, Lex Luger wasn't sexy, right? He was, like, manly. The Rock wanted to look good. He wants you to make you look, look at him and be like, the females wanted to be with him and the males wanted to act like him. You know what I mean? He made it appealing for the public. There's actually a YouTube video out there about a guy trying to do the Rock food routine. It's the eight meals a day. The guy barely makes it through without throwing it up. I think he was on like meal six and he just couldn't stomach it. And I know it's whole, so many different things. I can't imagine how much the Rock eats. Hard-boiled eggs. Good. Fast protein. Don't throw all the yolks out because we need cholesterol. Cholesterol got a bad name, but it also has a lot of functions in the body that hard-boiled eggs are the bomb, man. Neglect it. Overly neglect it. Yeah, that's the thing. I cannot. That may be a little traumatized back in preschool having to eat hard-boiled eggs. And you know how some kids just don't grow out of food that they don't like. I, I can't really eat any type of egg. I got squirt in the eye by a fried egg. I don't do that. The only thing I'll really eat is scrambled <laughs> egg. And, and then I got to put cheese in them. Understood, and it's all dry in your mouth. You know, I get it. It's good for you. Think about it. You're not frying it, so you're not damaging all the proteins and the fats in there by overheating it. So it's a way healthy option, and it's a cheap option, too. People always want to save money. Hey, save some money. Boil some eggs. You don't need a protein shake every morning. Boil a couple eggs, man. Being down in Florida, what has the transition been from moving from Maryland down to Florida? Wow, there's been a lot of transitions. There's been a lot of personal difficulties with my family and nothing harsh, just being away from my parents, being away from my oldest son. He moved to North Carolina. So you got all those type of issues. But from a pure fitness standpoint, it's been interesting to see. You think everybody in Florida is in shape in a bikini, right? Walking around. Hey, man. There's a lot of people down there that work nine to five and beyond and got kids and they don't have time to hit the gym and have the perfect body. So 
it just shows you that real life is everywhere. You know, it, it looks like a vacation. You see the pictures and you imagine what you imagine, but there's hardworking people down there that don't have time to hit the gym every day as well. Fitness is big down there, but people still need guidance and people are busy just like they are up here in the north. I was shocked to find out that you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I never knew that. How did you become a Buccaneers fan, especially living in Maryland? Oh, man, well, that's an easy answer. Because, you know, Maryland people, we're not faithful to our sports teams anyway. And I guess I grew up as a Cowboys fan because of my family. And I just wasn't going to stick to the Cowboys. So I went down to the sunshine. And then at the time when I was easily influenced in the late 90s, they had a dominant defense. And I'm a defensive guy. I love the dominant defense, the Warren Saps and the John Lynches and all that good stuff. So I, Simeon Rice, I love them guys, hard hitters. So that was the big appeal to me, the defense. Speaking of the Buccaneers, the current uniforms or the creamsicle Buccaneer Bruce uniforms? Don't ask me that. Ain't nobody want to wear that creamsicle uniform. That thing was ugly. That's why they went 0-17. They couldn't focus on the field. They was too busy worried about how bad they looked. They couldn't even focus on the game. Who was your favorite pro athlete growing up? Wow, that's a good one. I bounced around a lot. I can't say I had a a specific athlete that I liked because I was deep into so many things. I guess the most influential athlete on me, I'll say influential athlete, was Lee Priest, a little five foot four bodybuilder from Australia. The man, I couldn't believe he could be that short and be that big. And he had the Superman tattoo before it was cool. You know, he was one of the first ones that he said he was Superman before everybody did it. So he was a big influence on me. Lee Priest was big. Bodybuilding was king back then. If you weren't into bodybuilding, what would you be? A chemist in a lab somewhere developing solutions to fix cancer and all these diseases that we have. I love the science and I love the human body. So to be able to put those two things together is definitely would have been a dream for me. I would have been a scientist of some sort. What is the song on your iPod playlist that people would not expect you to have when you work out? You know what? When I work out, I'm pretty commercial with it, man. I try to listen as much of these new guys as I can. So nothing too crazy, man. I'm a big young Jeezy, Lil Wayne type of guys. But, hey, I was a big Hootie and the Blowfish fan back in the day. There was a lot of that going on with the workouts back then. So that was that might be a surprise to some people. I was just thinking about that because I asked a few people that question. Mine, I don't know. I got a lot of James Brown on mine, especially okay. payback. Big payback, seven minutes long. And I got Twisted Sister Burning Hell. That is one of the songs from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That's the first time I'd heard that song, and now it's on my playlist. (laughs) I do rock out to a lot of Justin Bieber. I can't lie about that. From the beginning, from Baby to all the way now with Drake and with the right here. A lot lot of Justin Bieber going on. Better singer, Justin Bieber or Chris Brown? Or better voice? Oh, Justin Bieber, man. Justin Bieber, baby. I'm a believer. Honestly, I think Bieber has a better voice. Chris Brown's probably a better dancer, but Bieber. I can't believe Chris Brown is still around. Yeah, um, Bieber probably has a more R&B, a custom voice than Chris Brown. Yeah. Oh, don't I ain't hating on Chris Brown, but you know I'm a Justin fan, man. That, that dude, he's the bomb, man. He get it done. If there was one person not living anymore that you would have loved to meet, who would that have been? That's a tough one, man. There's a lot of people. That's I'll just say this because it's fresh on my mind. 
we talked about it yesterday a little bit. I'm going to have to go Martin Luther King today. Just to hear, how did you have the strength and how you have the balls to step up and make that speech? He wasn't the only speech that day and blah, 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 right? There was a lot going on. How did you have the presence to step up and make that happen? Um, and also to talk to marriage. That's one aspect of, of him that people don't look into, but there was a lot of things going on. And I just want to know, how did he hold his political life together with the family? How'd you do it? So I would definitely like to talk to him, man. How did you do it? As far as like way, way back, I can't think of a specific person I want to meet, but I would love to live during a samurai to Japan and just experience that whole Edo period wild wild west but there was with the swords in japan i would love to just go back and talk to those guys about how did you do it how did you have sacrificed so much for the kings back then like how did you do it i want to know who would you like to meet oh wow i'd say michael jackson that would have been yeah you know, no doubt that man lived breathed ate and slept music especially from such a young age you know when it's ingrained in you you can't get away from it especially just watching the movie talked about Every day, music was in his head, and he just couldn't get away from it. Right. Yeah, I would like to know how he handled his personal life as well with that type of fame. From When did they start? Six years old? How did you deal with all that fame? Because that's crazy what he went through. And you see how the people today, they get contracts, and you know, the next thing you know, they're in jail for beating somebody. You know, So how did he hold it together the way he did? Did it, especially in an era where there was no internet, there were no cell phones. I always said mm-hmm. that you could look at some of the athletes from the 40s, 50s, 60s. If there were a cell phone, you'd see half of the stuff that they did. It was held together better, and you had better lawyers, probably. <laughs> true, true. Well, man, this is a great time. You know I got to have you back. So much to always talk about. I do appreciate this. If you guys want to find out more what Dante does, what's the place people can go? Um, the best place to find me right now is just get on Facebook, man. That's how I'm promoting everything promote myself and it's where you can learn about me and not just the physical side of it i'm really trying to put more of myself out there so facebook dante finney and from there you can find all my other links and websites i got a lot of them out there for different things i'm starting to release quizzes to learn about your personality and things like facebook and i would like to just give a little do a little promo here for pain in the park in florida And I want to build it into the giant that it was here in Maryland someday. So check me out on Facebook. And if you're in the Florida area, hit me up and I'll travel all the way to the golf side from West Palm Beach, man, to give you the session of your life. All right. Thanks a lot, Dante. I do appreciate it. Hope to talk to you soon. Sure, man. Let's do this next month. Let's not wait. Let's do this real soon. Yeah, we can definitely do this. Cool, man. I appreciate it, Earl. This is great. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to us. It's always fun just catching up with a friend. This is more than an interview. This is catching up with a friend, man. So I hope you all like this. And that was my interview with Dante Finney, who's been a good friend of mine since our days in high school. His mixed martial fitness and pain in the park sessions have helped people lose weight while living better lives and getting fitter in the process. 
Tune in next time as my guest will be Mitchell Northam, a reporter with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We'll talk about his unique path and how he became a journalist, how basketball became one of his favorite sports to cover, his favorite rappers, and his dream event that he would love to cover as a reporter and watch as a spectator. And until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening to the Sports Refuge podcast and have a good one. Be sure to check out the Sports Refuge website at www.thesportsrefuge.com. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge podcast. Tune in next time for more interviews on sports, pop culture, and everything in between. For more information on the show, go to the Sports Refuge website at www.thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. 